Oh, Jesus. It's a fire. Uh, welcome to Blazing Rye Radio. I, I cannot believe the events that just transpired. Um, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Tamika Kidd. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, we're going to get into the panel in just a second. Uh, tonight on the show, we have the lead singer of Songs of Water, Stephen Roach. And we're about to talk to him about his experimental rock and orchestral uh, sound. Um, it's a very interesting sound. I think you guys will enjoy the music, and it'll uh, it'll it'll be nice and calming for you on this stressful rainy Monday. Uh, so before we continue, let me uh, introduce our third panelist tonight. She will put uh, all kinds of different glazes all over your chicken. Please welcome Alicia Rodriguez. Hey. Thank you very much. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? Well, let's just, I think we need to go over what just happened. Um, Started off right. What so, happened was. <laughs> so I was going to talk about time, time Warner anyway. Now, Alicia, you have Optimum, right? No Time Warner? No Time Warner, Optimum. They don't have Time Warner up where I'm at. Have you ever had any experience with Time Warner or known anyone to have any sort of positive or negative experiences with Time Warner? Uh, no. Okay. Cable Vision? Yeah, well, Cable Vision is whack. Uh, everybody knows that. <laughs> now, Tamika, you were like the first person to like that status before, as the Irish say status, when I said that I uh, said, well, please click like if you've ever had a problem with Time Warner. You have? Yes, I did. Uh, getting Time Warner installed into uh, my soon-to-be former household in Astoria mm-hmm. at the, the time being. But, yeah, Time Warner, you know, this is what I came up with, you know, forever time wasters because they waste your time. They just waste your time. You know? It's just not good customer service. I, I don't know what else to say. I came up with forever time wankers, but literally forever time wasters. Wait, well, where is this? where are these initials coming from? FTW, where's the F coming from? May I say it? Yes. Fuck Time Warner. <laughs> okay. uh, now, Alicia... I have made several appointments with Time Warner, and they have not actually um, come. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things where you have to rearrange your whole schedule, and they say we'll be there between 6 and 9 or whatever. What What would you do if they kept on dicking you around like this? Uh, first of all, I wouldn't let it exceed twice. And by that second time, they would hear my mouth in the most foul manner possible because my time is not to be wasted. <laughs> You ain't never. I would, I would write the president or whoever is necessary. Get my ish done and get it done now. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because here's what just happened. I had reached out via Twitter and Facebook last night to Time Warner saying how whack they were and how they were on some fragonacle bull and <laughs> how they kept screwing me over. So then they actually started responding on Twitter and on Facebook. So then what happened is tonight I tweeted at Time Warner Cable, Time Warner Help, and Time Warner New York, and I said, y'all should listen to my show tonight. We go live in 12 minutes. My certain way is all about y'all. And guess who calls not but two minutes later? No. Yes. 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 She said, (laughs) I said, she said, I'm calling from Time Warner. I said, you are calling uh, at the worst possible moment. And... um, (laughs) I, I'm about to do a show, but I guarantee you the reason that she called at that time was because they said they were going to call yesterday, and I called them out on Twitter tonight, and then she called, 
And so then she starts saying this frag and knackle bull about since the appointment that I, I was complaining about last night, I was complaining about a lie that they told me in December, which I was still pissed off about <laughs> because last night the internet was not working. So then, la so then she starts telling me about the statute of limitations on that. Let's just stop there for a second. Wait a minute, Alicia, the statute of limitations? Yeah, Alicia, you work at a law firm. Uh, tell me about what you think about her saying it's the statute of limitations on that particular issue. I tell her to go suck it. What is, there is no statute of limitations. You're paying a bill here. You'd be trying to get a service. There's no SOL on anything. Give me what I'm asking you for, and that's that. Lofty love. Amen, sister. Amen. Unreal. It was <laughs> offensive to hear that frag and knackle statute of limitations <laughs> bull shiznit. So oh. that happened. I cannot believe that happened. And I'm still going to do my certain way about them, even though we reached some sort of kind of weird agreement. Um, but we're going to do the certain way about that in a minute. But first, let's talk about, we got to talk about this Octomom. Um, I'm deciding this right now. We're going to talk about the Octomom, you remember. Let me find out. She's going to start doing <laughs> pornography to uh, raise her kids. Nico, what do you think about that? Have more babies. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Brian just told me that, and I, I couldn't believe it. You know, But you know what will work for her, especially since I have lived in the valley out in San Fernando Valley, <laughs> which is the porn capital of the world. That's worse. Well, I was in just straight no, up. Well, Studio City, North Hollywood, all that stuff it is did. crazy. Mm -hmm. And you know what? She's just unattractive enough to go ahead and be a successful <laughs> porn. <laughs> now, after eight kids. porn stars ever in the valley what, just they're not, they're not cute. Or they should start calling that really silicone plastic valley. Because it just was not good. <laughs> Alicia, what after do you think about kids, that? After eight kids, is her with JJ still capable of doing porn? I mean, the, the something has to not hold up there after a while, I would imagine. Cool. Cool. I'm, just, I'm curious. <laughs> I just want to know. I mean, things things go wrong after one and two kids. Never mind eight. Like, really? Right. Come on. Yeah. I guess she's using some icy hot. <laughs> that doesn't sound very comfortable. Would that be comfortable up in that area? I, you know what? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's not comfortable on the skin of any other region of the body. Never mind that area. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, now no, that is that is very distasteful. I think. Very distasteful. Yeah, especially if you're raising eight kids, right? Yes. Yes. You're raising eight little kids, uh, and and you just filed for bankruptcy. Clearly, she's doing it for uh, obvious reasons, not because she thinks it's the best route to go or whatever. But still, there there are other ways to do things, and porn is not the answer when you have children. But whatever. Yeah. Well, before we get to the certain way, uh, I'm gonna have a, a little uh, tribute to the BC Boys a little later in the show. Um, but before we do that, just wanted to talk to you guys about that. I see our guest on the line. You could just hold on another couple minutes. That would be awesome. Um, just got yes, some business sir. to take care of. So uh, Adam Yalk passed away. He had a, a long battle with cancer. Um, Alicia, what, what, give me one memory of the Beastie Boys that you have. Uh, I'll be honest with you, growing up in the Bronx uh, and obviously listening to, to, to rap as early as I could possibly remember Beastie Boys along with Run DMC and, and everybody uh, was one of the first groups I ever could uh, 
was able to listen to and one of the first memories I have listening to hip hop was Beastie Boys. Um and it was just it was awesome, you know. What you what you what you want, what you want. It was, it was just insane and when I heard that he passed away, it, you know, it it hurt me a little bit, but uh God rest his soul. kind of back here. Uh, our switchboard is down, so uh, Steven, very sorry about this. We got some people working against us. Uh, hang on the line. We'll get to you soon, my friend. Uh, Tamika, do you think that this is Time Warner's doing? Shutting up Absolutely. Internet? You think so? Yeah. You knew because I tweeted them that we were going to talk about them on the air. They shut the internet down. Just everything. I don't trust them. I don't trust them either. Uh, especially as they're talking about the statute of limitations. That, well, I was trying to show you the statute of Oh, is that Alicia? <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> oh, okay. You're good. still there. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I can't. The internet, actually, we're on the phone now because the internet crapped out. Can you believe that shit? Yeah, I was wondering if I got hung up on, cut off, or what happened. So I figured I'd hold on because I'm persistent. You know what? What had happened <laughs> is Time Warner <laughs> tried to do some shit and they've been successful so far, but you know what? I'm about to occupy Time Warner here in a minute. <laughs> this joint. Uh, all I gotta say is, all right. So we can't. I'm trying to get. We can't do the certain way theme song right now. But I'm gonna get right into the certain way, so we don't waste any more time. Uh, all right. Um, you know. So just imagine that Erica Lustig singing. Uh, 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 I don't know whether anyone goes. Don't want to accidentally shoot. Uh, 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 that's not the certain way. That's the theme song. <laughs>
about Time Warner Cable, now maybe I know why you just decreased my price for the next 12 months, months because you're going to decrease my Internet access. Right. So, Time Warner, <laughs> it's time to owe up to the misery that you've caused in the hearts of thousands of, lo- of your loyal paying customers. You can make an appointment with the cable guy to come fix your Internet, but that's about as pointless as an AT&T iPhone. I did a survey on Facebook earlier asking people to click like if they ever had a problem with Time Warner, and almost 20 people at this point have clicked the like button. That rarely happens. My mainest main, Kristen Hessel, also commented saying, there isn't a New Yorker alive who could see your status and not click like unless they're a goddamn liar. While I disapprove of her grammar, she raises a valid point. I have made cable appointments. They have not once been honored. The company has blatantly lied to me over the phone, they lied the first time they missed an appointment, saying they had called to let us know that the cable in the area had been fixed. There was no call. I rearranged my day for that damn appointment. The next time I made an appointment, they once again claimed to have come and called. I called customer service, fuming, Tamika, fuming, Alicia. The customer service rep promised me that I would not be charged for the following month of Internet service. I said that's fine, but wasn't, it wasn't enough. I was tired of being mistreated, so I asked to talk to his supervisor. I said, I want to make sure that the free month will not be taken away because you transfer me to someone else. He promised that I would not be charged for the next month. Guess what? He transferred me to a supervisor who reneged on that offer and said that because dispatch had processed that appointment, even though it never happened, I would no longer receive the free month. He was rude and said that there was no reason for a refund or a credit. Time on a table does not understand that time is money and time is precious. I started using social media outlets last night to vent my frustration to this cable company, and they responded. <laughs> I cannot think of one friend I have, and most of us have Time Warner, who has ever said one positive thing about one positive thing about this company, which tends to make me want to take a pencil out, sharpen it, and shove it in my eye. So, <laughs> since I know they're listening at this point, and since I know that they saw me on Twitter and they said we better call him before he goes live on the air and talk shit about us even though y'all just offered me some fragonacle statute of limitations BS. Um, since I know they're listening, Time Warner, please grant me that one month of credit that was justifiably promised. Ain't no such thing as statute of limitations when you're paying for a service, all right? That was justifiably promised and maliciously taken away. In the immortal words of Sweet Brown, ain't nobody got time for that. So give me a call, Time Warner. Get at me. Or let me know where I need to go to talk to someone who will treat me like a human being, and I'll get there on Saturday between the hours of noon and 6 p.m. Tolerance. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) Alicia, thank you so much for joining the panel. I appreciate it. Not a problem. You guys have a great night. You too. Talk to you soon. All right. Well, I try and get Skype back up and running. Uh, let's play the song uh, Stars and Dust is the new single from our upcoming guest, Stephen Roach. It is Songs of Water with Stars and Dust. We'll be right back to see
Oh, so let's not play that as, that as the applause in the song. Please welcome <laughs> to the program. Uh, for, their, their current album is called The Sea Has Spoken. They have a, a single coming up called Stars and Dust that we just heard. And please welcome to the program uh, Stephen Roach from Songs of Water. <laughs> Stephen, wow, I'm so good. sorry for the delay. Thank you for being patient. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Did you hear any of our drama that's going on tonight? What's that? Did you hear our drama that's going on tonight here? Oh, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> it's special. Yeah, it's special. Well, let's talk about, now, now the, the band name Songs of Water. Could you think of a crunchier, more granola-ish name than that? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, it's a it's a name that stuck with us for a while now. Um, it came from a scrap of writing that I wrote about eight years ago, and uh, just seemed appropriate. Okay. Um, and what what was the scrap of writing? What were you working on? A song or a poem or something? Yeah, it was just a, a book of poetry, and uh, I thought the term "songs of water" it actually. Um, was the title of our first album uh, before we actually knew we were a band. Um, I don't know how many bands make an album before they realize they're a band, but so goes our story. And so uh, soon after, people started recognizing us as the Songs of Water, and it just sort of sort of stuck. Oh, okay. Um, and the album, um, The Sea Has Spoken, uh, what made you decide on that title? Well, it's sort of... Um, you know, again, it, it has such a, a poetic um, connotation to it. A lot of our music tends to be instrumental. Um, probably about 75% of our music is instrumental. Um, and I don't know, it just uh, it just kind of fits um, with a lot of the cinematic qualities of the music. You can often hear um, a lot of different things in the music, even the instrumental songs. So. Okay. The sea, yeah. the sea is spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you, the, the album that's coming out, we just heard a song from it. Um, there's no title to that yet, right? Can you tell me a bit about um, what your uh, listeners, your fans can expect to hear on the next album? Yeah, well, this one we're really excited about. Um, yeah, we're doing it with a new producer um, here in North Carolina where we're from. And, uh, you know, we, we usually have about 30 or 40 different instruments on our albums. Um, we're just pretty big experimentalists. Uh, we play instruments from all over the world. And uh, so we've been collecting a new batch of instruments for this next record, as well as um, we've probably got about five or six lyrical tunes for this one, whereas the, the Sea of Spoken only has two. Um, and uh, we're actually adding some electric, more electric stuff, which you just heard in Stars and Dust. Um, and so it's gonna it's gonna be a, a, a pretty unique uh, album in, in contrast to the other other two. Um, uh, we're we're sort of writing a lot of the album in the studio, whereas uh, the Sea is spoken. We took about a year and a half and really crafted uh, just an artistic piece of work. Um, but this one, with a lot of the writing, um, we wanted to sort of take more of a spontaneous approach and just get 50 instruments in a room and see what happens. Awesome. 50. Are they all playing at the same time? 
No, but everybody in the band, uh, everybody in the band composes, and everybody in the band uh, is a multi-instrumentalist. Um, so if you ever get a chance to catch one of the shows, you'll see it, it's like a big uh, whirlwind or a musical chairs or something. We each uh, have about five or six things, and uh, each, and they a lot of times we'll just trade off even in the middle of songs sometime. I see. And you have a single uh, on the next album, I believe, called Chiaroscuro. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> it's actually a, uh, it's actually an art term that uh, it's sort of the contrast between uh, shadow and light. And uh, Chiaroscuro is a, actually a digital single, and you can actually download that for free now. Um, and... Uh, it's it's one of the more darker cinematic um, songs that we do, but it's uh, it uses a hammered dulcimer, uh, uh, Tibetan gamelan, and just a lot of crazy stuff you've probably never heard of. Now the hammer hammered dulcimer, I believe that I was hammered dulcimer the other night and wound up in Coney Island. <laughs> yeah, you probably weren't quite as melodic as the instrument though. <laughs> you ain't never lie. Um, let's talk about where you're from. Okay, well, I see that you guys are from Greensboro, North Carolina. How has that being from that area affected your music? Because it sounds like you have a conglomerate um, of musical instruments that you, you know, put within yeah. your art genre. Well, it's interesting um, because, you know, Greensboro, even though it is kind of tucked away uh, here in North Carolina, I like to tell people we're from the woods, um, which I actually grew up in a little town that's not on, not even on the map that would be more fitted to that description. But um, a few years back, Greensboro actually had a pretty thriving world music scene. Um, and so I got the opportunity um, to study uh, with some pretty world-class uh, international, you know, world music musicians. Uh, Mama Dekata is a master djembe player from West Africa, um, as well as Glenn Velez. He's another... Um, Frame Drum Player and, and Lane Redmond. A lot of these guys used to come through Greensboro, um, as well as I used to uh, play a lot of Turkish music and Egyptian. And But the funny thing about it is I grew up from a straight-up, down-in-the-south, bluegrass family. Uh, you know, 15, my mom came from a family of 15 kids, and all of them played some kind of instrument. And so growing up, I was just exposed to all sorts of different um, cultural, you know, sounds and instruments, and it just sort of stuck with me. And um, and but uh, somehow um, I ended up playing. Uh, you guys were talking about the Beastie Boys earlier, and uh, you know, back back in the day, I was really into the Beastie Boys and uh, Slayer, uh, who actually, you know, made a guest appearance uh, on one of the Beastie Boys albums back in the day. And so I don't know, you mix. You mix some crazy death metal with Beastie Boys, bluegrass, and world music, and somehow Songs of Water was born. Wow, okay. We also have a song called Sycamore, and you mentioned that you grew up in the woods uh, to some extent. Is that uh, how you start naming your songs at this particular point? No, um, uh, good questions. But, uh, you know, Sycamore is it's one of the two lyrical pieces on the album, and uh, a lot of times... I'll take uh, just different scraps of poetry. I guess you gathered by now. I write quite a bit uh, lyrically as well. Um, 
and I'll just take scraps of poetry that maybe I didn't intend to be one piece, but then I, I just experiment and do a lot of wordplay. Um, and so that's how Sycamore was born, is just uh, several pieces, several scraps of poetry that I put together. Uh, and then the chorus line just has, has the word, a mention of a sycamore tree in it. And so it, it sort of was coined for the title. Now, Stephen, there are seven people in your band. So I'm thinking R. Kelly and Jay-Z couldn't even tour together with two people. How do you know it's not to rip each other's throats out? <laughs> hey, it's not, it's not easy. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, the, the band really is born out of a, a tight community of friends. And most of us have been playing music together and, and just doing life together for quite a while. And so even though we want to kill each other sometimes, uh, we always, you know, come back to a, just a place of, of love and honor for one another, and somehow it works. So. I'd say that's probably the same with most uh, successful bands. And your, your yeah. music is said to be a blend of ancient international instrumentation in an American context. What does this mean, and who is writing your bio? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'd like to talk to him, though. <laughs> Tell him to get a few things right. Um, but, you know, I think uh, a lot of people have tried to find exactly how to define the music that we do because it is uh, so different. And uh, there are a lot of uh, world music influences, but it also has, uh, in the case of Stars and Dust, which you just played, a very roots Americana kind of feel to it. Um, so, you know, I tend to think rather than a world music band, I don't, I don't think just, you know, candidly, I don't think I'm good enough to be considered a world music musician. Um, we're more experimentalists. We'd, we'd be more like a, um, you know, peasant music instead of, um, you know, this really high class thing. But we, um, we tend to, I think America is the melting pot anyway. I mean, if you, I mentioned bluegrass earlier. If if you break that down, the banjo came from Africa, the mandolin came from Europe, um, you know, and you, you get all these things together and, and a new sound is born. And and for us, that's just sort of what it was. We weren't, we weren't trying to be uh, a world music band or an Americana band. We just uh, sort of fell into this and, We've been called everything from Turkish jazz to eclectic pawn shop music. So, <laughs> eclectic pawn shop music. Turkish jazz. Turkish jazz is better. <laughs> what is pawn shop music? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was a it was a radio DJ. You but you guys might want to coin that. Yeah. Oh God. Now, what do you think, Stephen? Of these, uh, you said that there's kind of there's not a lot of vocals. Why do you think that the sparse vocals create a more uh, cinematic effect that you wouldn't get from other uh, types of music? Well, you know, I think it's as a as a lyricist, uh, I, I've learned both the beauty and the limitation of words, and and there are some things that I that I experience or some things that I feel that that words are just going to screw it up at best. And and so whereas I think words can sometimes hint at what I'm feeling, a lot of times if if we just uh, let ourselves be a little um, less objective and and the music can tend to express things that that words can't do. Um, another reason I really enjoy playing highly instrumental music 
is because it leaves room for the listeners to have their own experience with it. That I'm not I'm not dictating what this song is about, or I'm not dictating what I want you to experience through the song. But when I let the music speak for itself, um, you know, you can have two people standing right beside each other in, in the same room, and they can have a completely different encounter with what the music is doing. And um, so that so in that way, I think it, it tends to help us get a little bit larger in life. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had a really, really amazing time just seeing the different uh, interpretations people give to a lot of the music. Does that ever get frustrating, or do you find it funny when somebody maybe interprets something completely differently from how you intended it? <laughs> well, hence the name Turkish Jazz. <laughs> you know, I don't think there's anything jazz in our music. <laughs> yeah. So your music has been featured on um, Thistle and Shamrock, Music Mixed with Martin Anderson, the UK's Reach on Air, and Michael Jonathan's Wood Songs Old Time Radio Show. Why have I never heard of any of these shows? I don't know. Get, where, where are you guys from? <laughs> York. York, what's up? <laughs> That's right. I guess you got to get down south. <laughs> I guess we have to get out more. Um now, what was it like uh, sort of sharing the stage with Ricky Skaggs? Oh, yeah. You know, he, he has actually been one of the bigger supporters of the group. And um, another name he coined for us is he said our music is like biscuits and curry. So, so you know, uh, a mix of Kentucky down-home biscuits and then and then curry, I guess. But um, it, it was really incredible. He We actually recorded a lot of The Sea is Spoken in his studio in Nashville. Uh, and he sat in on a lot of the sessions and uh, contributed his thoughts. And he actually plays on Sycamore uh, as well as one of the other tracks on the album. And uh, he, he's really just pushed us out there. When we, when we played with him, uh, we had a sold-out uh, house that night. And he came out and introduced the band and basically prepped his audience that what they were about to experience was not going to be straight-up bluegrass. Um, but he, he just really provided a, a place of honor uh, for us, and his audience really latched on to the music, uh, even though it was really different than, than what they knew. So uh, it was a really incredible experience for us. Well, you, you know, you've mentioned that your music was going to be really different for what other audiences are used to hearing. Who are your major influences for this? I know you've mentioned that you guys use a plethora of different instruments. Um, listening to some of your songs reminded me almost of the uh, soundtrack for Katika. You know, it kind of has that uh, earth feeling, even though, you know, it kind of can take you to a different trip. Right. Well, you know, the, the, the interesting and the complex thing about uh, Songs of Water is that pretty much everybody in the band... Uh, contributes to the compositions, and everybody in the band has different influences. Um, we, you know, we love uh, Gillian Welch and, and really folky, rootsy stuff like like that. Um, I, I love um, a, a lot of the guys I mentioned earlier with um, Mama Kata and a lot of world music guys. Um, but you know, everybody in the band has this this different sort of side to the, the diamond and and when we bring that all together sometimes it's a big mess sometimes it's a train wreck sometimes we don't like the way one another interprets something but most of the time 
all the different influences come together and complement each other. Um, so <clears throat> it's, it's hard to say who the band's uh, primary influences are. Um, I enjoy Sufjan Stevens. I don't I don't know if you're familiar with him being in New York. I'm sure you are. Um, he's uh, he's a, a genius composer, if you ask me, with all the stuff he's done, and he plays a lot of instruments as well. Um, you know, so there's 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 a lot. Gillian Wells to Sufjan Stevens. I don't know somewhere in between there. Okay, well that seems like a quite an eclectic array. Um, I believe, Tamika, it's now time for five questions. Are you ready? Yep, let's, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Should I be um, scared? <laughs> oh, you have no idea. <laughs> All right, uh, first question: Time Warner or Verizon FiOS? Uh, I'd have to be Verizon. Really? Good okay. answer. All right. Um, <laughs> second question: Boxers or briefs? Uh, commando. Wow. <laughs> Third question: um, Golden Girls or Sex in the City? Uh, it's gotta be Golden Girls. Gotta be Golden Girls. Wow. Well, your music would go with it, although Sex in the City, sometimes the skyline, they would shoot. Yeah, they got that pawn <laughs> shop music in Golden yeah. Girls. <laughs> uh, number four, who is your favorite male actor? Uh, you know, I, I think it has to be Johnny Depp, just because I like the, the freaky uh, movies that Tim Burton usually casts him in. He's very Tim Burton-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You know, you see Tim Burton and you think Johnny Depp. You see Johnny Depp, you say Tim Burton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although Johnny, although Johnny well, I have, much cuter. I have this. Um, I have this thing. I believe that uh, hopefully Tim Burton is going to make a movie from a book that I wrote one day. So we'll see. What's the book? That's a book called Satchel Willoughby in the Realm of Lost Things. That sounds like a title he would use. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Tim, if you're listening, you can give me a call. We'll work out a deal. <laughs> um and. Question number five, who is your favorite male actress? <laughs> this is a trick question. <laughs> Whatever the audience gets is right, just what you said before. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I said we were eclectic, but I, I don't think we've reached that level yet, you know. <laughs> oh. You could have easily said Wendy Williams, but I don't think she's really acting. Oh, she's, she's in that, um, Wendy Williams is in Think Like a Man. She plays oh, really? Kevin Hart's wife, and he's oh, like four no. feet tall, and yeah. she's like nine feet tall. It's hilarious. Oh, now I actually want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you have an answer for us, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. We we, we want this answer. Uh, I don't know. Stumps me on that one. Okay. In that case, we'll have to play one more game before you go. Let's play Hot or Hot Mess. Let's do it. Okay, so this game, I give you a list of things, and you tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess? Hot mess. <laughs> okay, and Tamika, what do you think? Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess? I don't know her, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just, I'll just say that I'm a believer. I got your back, Justin. How about um, 
Optimum doing adult films. Is that hot or hot mess, people? Oh, that's a big hot mess. <laughs> and Tamika? Like I already said, she's uh, attractive enough to be a porn star in saying that porn stars really aren't all that attractive. Yeah. But I just, uh, that's a mess. She's hot. <laughs> How about um, Miley Cyrus, hot or hot mess? Uh, well, if I were if I were thirteen, I might have a different answer for you. <laughs> okay, but your answer is hot now. <laughs> yeah, if I were thirteen, hot would be my answer. <laughs> and Tamika? I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last up on hot or hot mess. Um, Stephen, how about the Mayweather fight on Saturday? Hot or hot mess? Uh, let's just say hot. Okay. Tamika? You know, I missed it because it was single de Mayo. Mm-hmm. It was a full moon. Um, <laughs> people were acting crazy. Yeah, they were. So, you ain't never lie. So, you know, as a black woman, I decided to hang out at an Irish pub. <laughs> On Cinco de Mayo, and I missed the fight. But I think Floyd Mayweather is hot, but not if he's beating up his baby mama. <laughs> is he doing it? That's when he's in jail now. He's on his way to jail. Wait, after the fight on Saturday, he's yeah. on his way to jail right now? Yeah. I didn't know, know that. No. Yeah, domestic violence. Oh, good God. To me right now, it's a hot mess, but his body is hot. But you I know, mean. it said something about Jordan so-and-so from the NBA uh, got arrested today for uh, domestic abuse, and I thought it said Jonah Hill, and I was like, what? No. No. Okay. It's probably all a hot mess. Right. It's all a hot mess. Uh, um, well, check out the band songsofwater.com. Uh, you guys have any uh, shows coming up? We do. We're at, Actually, we're taking this month to uh, do a lot of pre-production for the album, but we are going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio uh, on May 18th. Uh, with a band called Aradna, uh, and we'll be playing there. Uh, and then our tour schedule for the summer is on songsofwater.com. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for being a, uh, very patient, sir, in that hot mess at the top of the show we had. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. Look forward to talking thanks, to you soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye. All right. Um, that was Stephen from Songs of Water. Uh, now, um, I mentioned before, uh, I wanted to, um, just give a little shout out to my main man, Adam Yao from the Beastie Boys. I wanted to say a special rest in peace, love and soul to a true hip hop legend. Adam Yao, MCA from the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys were pioneers of a new genre. They were an integral part of the birth of hip hop music. While bordering on the childish and absurd at first, they truly came to learn how massive their influence was in the world of music. Hip-hop has been the driving, sustainable force behind popular music for the last 30 years. And it was pioneers like Yauk and his crew who helped begin not just a new genre and a new music to play on the radio, but a cultural revolution. In the years since you started making us dance, we saw disco completely fall off the map. We saw new wave turn into old wave and no wave. We saw rock go from soaring heights in the 90s to generic easy listening in the aughts. But we have seen hip-hop blossom and remain a constant source of love and inspiration. I did Intergalactic as my American Sign Language project my sophomore year of high school. It was awesome. 
MCA, your band changed the game. One of the only hip-hop groups to ever be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I hope you're in a place now where you'll never have to fight for your right to party again. There is a quote in my favorite Tay Diggs movie that goes, Just when you think you know hip-hop, it surprises you and reminds you why you fell in love with it in the first place. Thanks for never ceasing to surprise us and making us all fall in love with the revolution you helped start. And I bow to you, sir. I will not sleep until Brooklyn again. Maybe next time I won't get my iPad jacked 3 a.m. Long live the mighty Beastie Boys. Rest in peace, love, and soul, fam. All right. Well, this has been Blazing Rye. Tamika Kidd, thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. like to thank Alicia Rodriguez for joining the panel. Yay. And Stephen Roach for um, joining us in the midst of the controversy. Between us hey, and Time you know, Warner Cable. That, they have that song, uh, you know, the sea has spoken. I think Time Warner was trying to. <laughs> you know, God willing, we shut them down. Like they tried to shut us down. We they did try to, to shut us down. Do you have one final message for Time Warner before we go to me? Um, no. <laughs> no. I'm not. No. All right. Well, Time Warner, you tried to ruin our show. You failed. And um, you should talk to your customer service representatives before they make promises they cannot keep and before they start talking some fragonacle bull about statute of limitations on shit we already paid for. <laughs> All right. I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. And when you get your barber, you got to bend her backwards. <laughs> you got to burn her nipples on the stove. And glaze it up. Glaze up that chicken and leave her in some drawers. Good night, everybody. This has been Blazing Rye. Catch you next week. Okay, so you're feeling all alone. I heard it on the radio. In a broadcast from the sky. Yeah.